You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 5, covering Mud's Women and What Are Little Girls Made Of? Hello once again. Hi folks. This week we are reviewing Mud's Women and the ridiculously long titled uh, Let That Be Your Last What Are Little Girls Made Of Battle. And I have touched the sky. (laughs) Exactly. Matt was looking over my list of episodes and he's like, what is Walgmo? Well, I was trying to abbreviate What Are Little Girls Made Of. That's Klingon for What Are Little Girls Made Of. (laughs) So, uh, first one is mine, uh, Mud's Women, so let us, let us begin, won't we? Uh, so the Enterprise rescues four people from a doomed and sketchy vessel. Uh, Leo Walsh, who has the worst Irish accent since, well, since Riley from last week, and his trio of hot 60s looking girls. Uh, Leo turns out to be none other than Harcourt Fenton Mud, intergalactic gadabout and pimp, and consumer of approximately 70% of the mustache wax in the known galaxy. The rest of it's been shipped to the Klingon Empire. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, Mud's babes provoke ridiculous horndog reactions from the Enterprise crew, which would be easier to accept if we hadn't already established this as their normal behavior. <laughs> uh, the women are intended as wives for the miners on one of the many Rigels. Uh, Rigel 12, I think, this time. We need a Rigel count. We're going to put a counter in the – well, we would have a counter in the corner if you could see this. If this were at all visual, you'd see what <laughs> We'll be counting on our fingers. <laughs> uh, in exchange for something called lithium crystals. Not dilithium, mind you, just plain old lithium. I guess the Enterprise is depressed. <laughs> uh, the women end up being crack whores who take pills for their beauty. <laughs> I'm not really exaggerating when I say this, Caesar. No. Uh, except one of them apparently had the beauty within her all along, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Oh, this uh, this episode. Yeah. And Matt and I, actually, we watched this one together, and we went back and forth on it a bit. And we're like, well, obviously Gene Roddenberry didn't have anything to do with this because he was the progressive one. And then the credit comes up at the end, and it's a story by Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, guess what? Oh, Thanks, Gene. Damn it. You're supposed to be the the forward-thinking one. What's wrong with you? Ah, uh, the studio doesn't want a woman on the on the ship? Fine, we'll go the exact other way. <laughs> we will make the most misogynist show on television. <laughs> and this is the late 60s. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I hate to say it's been a theme the last few weeks, and I, I kind of start to wonder if the entire series is like this, but we've had a lot of skeevy, like... Just uh, unpleasant shows for the for the females yeah. of the Enterprise. Apparently, Starfleet was known most of all for its sleaziness. Oh man! And uh, I, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before. You know, we watched we watched the original series for this. Um, on my off time, when I'm not recording a podcast, I watch other Star Trek because uh, mm-hmm. that's the kind of dork that I am. Now, I've been making a pass through Next Gen recently, and. Uh, and uh, my my child bride and I are noticing that uh, the the women characters. I mean, this is something I've noticed before, but the women characters on Next Gen are still a bit weak. And I was giving it some some slack for that until I realized this is a huge improvement over the original series. Yeah, and then we get to DS Nine, and you know, p- women actually act like people, right? And they're equals or sometimes superiors, yeah. and and it's great. But uh, 
I just never realized that next gen was a huge improvement over what we had going on here. Cause wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, get a look at, you, you get one look at Troy's little, uh, bunny suit and then it's just like, oh, this was probably not as bad as it could have been. Oh yeah. I mean, it took them six years to put her in a, in a uniform finally, but at least she got one. Counselor, why aren't you wearing a uniform? Excuse me? Well, you are a lieutenant commander, you know. Oh, <laughs> so I am. <laughs> Whereas Uhura, uh, yeah, never, uh. Oh dear. Never got out of that mini skirt. The USS ass hanging out. Yeah. Not that we're complaining. I mean, you know, look, we walk the fine line here, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Matt and I are both uh, enlightened 21st century guys. We want to see women treated equally, but uh, we also like looking at them. Mm-hmm. So a uh, bit of a bit, a bit of a sticky wicket there. Um, But yeah, episodes like this make us both cringe. Like I said, we watch yeah. this together. And <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the um, observations we were just making sort of simultaneously just just like Jesus Christ, the, the stripper music when you would see Mud's women walking around, and the, like they, they're walking in the halls, and the and the soundtrack little, literally goes. Amen to that, Scotty. It's it's just awful, awful stuff. One of them grabs a one of them grabs an auxiliary Enterprise pole and starts humping it. <laughs> the Jeffries poles. <laughs> you never noticed those before? Oh. Um, no, it was it was pretty bad. There's there's a couple of shots where it's just blatantly like here's a close up of the woman's ass. And like, you know, I I look I check out women like I said, I'm not uh, I'm not <laughs> immune to that sort of thing, but uh, come Apparently on. Star Trek really wants to help you check out women. I guess whereas you you know, you can't just have someone strong and capable and attractive that we can sort of quietly ogle. No. <laughs> no. Direct ogling. Sorry. So, One of them was wearing only a towel. Yeah. That was that was quite something. Um my my comment at the time was that music made my uterus hurt. <laughs> Just sort of sympathy pain, sort of sympathy uh <laughs> feminism. Like, oh, this this is painful. But apart from that, um not a ton of stuff really happened. It was mostly just sort of for atmosphere. It was mostly people hanging around and being skeevy. And then we jump into the last couple of acts and Kirk almost disappears. And mm -hmm. a bit of a mess, I thought, actually. Yeah. We do get uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud, <laughs> who is awesome. One one of the best, like, funnest names to say. Almost as fun as saying James Tiberius Kirk. Almost. But uh, it's it it makes up for it with, with the awesome voice of um shit I know his name off the top of my head and now I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh Roger Carmel. Roger Corman. No, <laughs> no, I think it's Roger C. Carmel, and uh, I may be screwing that up. And if I if I did, I apologize. Uh, I do love the guy's actual like speaking voice. He's he's got a very exaggerated Shakespearean timber to it, and um. He did uh, actually the voice of one of my favorite uh, Transformers, uh, Cyclonus, in the uh, Transformers. Our court Fenton Cyclonus. <laughs> Where he just sort of had a commanding tone. It was, it's almost G. Gordon Liddy-ish. It's fantastic. <laughs> nice to see you again, friend Prime. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, you'll see this guy again later. He shows up in another episode of the original series, and then he shows up again in the animated series. And as close as they had to sort of a recurring thorn in their side q type character uh but kind here, of a step down well yeah here he's a bit rough i would say maybe his next appearance is a bit better but uh here it's like wow this guy's kind of a jerk and kind of a sleaze 
Uh, just the first time he shows up in his puffy pirate shirt, <laughs> his Australian outback guy hat, yeah. and his oversized earring in 1960. What was this? 1967. 1967 earring. Yeah, and I give that, I mean, you know, hey, for for a dude, like, I grew up in the 80s, and, you know, you better put your earring in the left ear, because the right ear is the gay ear, or... Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the other one. I don't. I could never remember. I, I, no, it's the it's the right one. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. See, that's probably why I got beat up so much. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. But yeah, for 1967, is that man wearing an earring? That's, What's this? Yeah. <laughs> um. The the other thing that really jumped out at me about this episode was the hideous alien helmsman. Oh God, that guy. Sulu's counterpart, the the guy sitting at the other station. Um, you you can only hope that he's from a race of hideous people because, like, damn. Yeah. Um, I thought like there's a there's a creepy alien sitting there who replaced Chekhov in the animated series because they didn't have uh, Walter Kane. Oh yeah, uh, Eric's. Yeah, I thought that was meant to be him at first. I was like, nope, nope, that, that's just an ugly guy. Yep. And let wow. me tell you, let me tell you, Matt, I'm watching these on Blu-ray, so I'm seeing it all in oh, glorious dear. giant high definition. <laughs> I can see in that guy's pores. Oh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> not a not an attractive gentleman. No, as as Amanda liked to point out, uh, that was Ensign Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, that was delightful. Otherwise, what do, mean, what do you mean you don't tip? We don't have any money. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean you don't have any money? <laughs> Listen, you, we don't have any money. Never mind what you would normally do. <laughs> uh, what else? I, I'm really just watching the main crew ogle these women for. Yeah, it's minutes. really. Yeah. Like, I expect better from Dr. McCoy for one thing. I do. I will like, give him credit. He is better at sort of being charming and sort of flirting with a lady than, than Kirk is. He doesn't come on as strong. Yeah. And he's kind of like, uh, well, hey, how you doing, pretty lady? And it's like, at least he doesn't make me cringe in, in horror, but, uh, still but like, a bit sleazier than we expect from him. But the, the first time they show up on the, on the, on the, uh, ship, they come through the transporters and everyone's just sort of in the room. Yeah. And McCoy does this, like, say. Yeah. Bones, can you help me with this? What's that, Jim? Huh? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to control my huge boner. <laughs> Which uh, we'll we'll get when we talk about our in the future moment here in a few minutes. We'll, we'll get to the boners because there's a boner related nugget that we don't want to forget. Uh, beyond boner related nugget, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that'll be our new feature. Boner related <laughs> nugget. Get our voice guy to cut us a, a bumper for that. Uh, overall, though, the boner related nugget podcast. <laughs> overall, though, um, not not really a great episode. Putting aside like political correctness and whatever. It just, I wasn't that engaged in it. I just, it was, it, it flailed a lot. It dragged a lot. It, just, yeah. it wasn't that great. There were a couple of good moments, but overall, not that impressive to me. I, I kind of like, I kind of like the idea of the enterprise crew just busting a con artist. Yeah, that was, that was fun. And again, he'll show up again and, and he really pisses Kirk off. I like that. Like I said, I like that. He's sort of, uh, what Q was to Picard sort of, you know, this guy keeps showing up and, oh, can't I just kill you? Nope. nope. And I would really, I would really like to see Quark, uh, Mud and Cyrano Jones open, open up a franchise. Yes. That would be fantastic. Uh, I, other than that, um, watching the, the Blu-rays as I am, there were some mm-hmm. nice, uh, really, if this is the best I can come up with, then we, we are dealing with a weak episode, but 
uh, they, they, they sort of spruce up the external shots of the ship. Like every time you cut back to the enterprise, they try to do something a little, a little different than what you see the same stock shot every week. Right. They did some nice sort of creative angles, like under the saucer section and stuff like that. But that's the best I got. Yeah. Not a whole lot going on. Well, I mean, it was, it took place pretty much on the ship and then on a snowy planet. Yeah. Like I say, possibly an ashy planet. it, It just kind of. Kirk just kind of faded into the background and it became this whole other story, which was also bad. Mm-hmm. And then the power was in her all along and we both yelled at our TVs. Yeah, because that's always fun to see on a science fiction show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's great because it's like she's looking, you know, haggard. Like a girl, hag- yeah, let's go with haggard. Well, you work. You used to work at a, uh, a used bookstore in, uh, in a major oh, yeah. metropolitan area. And you made the comment that you, you've bought used books from this woman at one point. Yes. But, and I, I, that just that crystallized it for me because you had a lot of sketchy homeless people wandering in. But, like, at the very end, um, she gets offered another pill and she takes it for the minor. And she cha- and her hair gets better and everything. And he's all, and he's all like, ah, you've taken the drug. You're beautiful now. And Kirk's like, no, I gave you a gelatin substitute. The beauty was inside of her all along. And I was like, she fixed her hair. Yeah, she physically changed. <laughs> I mean, I will give them credit for the, the makeup between the the beautiful look and the haggard look was actually fairly subtle. And they were actually like, Bleh. and it actually wasn't that bad. Like sometimes age makeup and, and sort of ugly makeup doesn't really work for me on TV shows, mm-hmm. but uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. But again, that's, that's about all I got. Yeah. Lots uh, of women, not super. No. Any, anything else before we move on? To, uh, to no, I think that's it. Very well. All right. Next episode is yours. Take it away. All right. Second one we did was what Second one we did w- uh, was, what are little girls made of? Just say Walgmo, Matt. Walgmo. <laughs> so the Enterprise is visiting some planet or other to find out what happened to Dr. Roger Corby, who's been missing for five years. Corby requests, Corby requests that Kirk beam in alone, but Kirk discovers that Nurse Chapel is Corby's fiance, and he brings her along. Kirk, Chapel, and Ensign falls down a hole in a minute, arrive on the surface, and while Kirk and Chapel are exploring, Ensign falls down a hole in a minute, falls down a hole. Kirk and, Ch- <laughs> Kirk and Chapel meet some guy who works with Corby, but who cares, because they also meet Andrea, who works for <laughs> Corby, and is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, she is. Probably the most attractive woman we've seen on Star Trek so far. Guest oh my god. Cast or whatever. They then meet Corby, who says that Kirk can't communicate with the Enterprise. Oh, and it also turns out that the guy from before is a robot. Who cares? Then Lurch from the Adams Family shows up dressed in what appears to be the bedspread I had when I was six. <laughs> Quilting pattern and all. <laughs> Lurch is a robot, and he's been helping Corby build robots like that guy from before that no one cares about. <laughs> turns out that Andrea is also a robot, and I don't care. Corby apparently Corby is apparently a hell of a robot maker, and he wants to show off how good he is. So he makes a robot Captain Kirk, well, providing us with another episode with two Captain Kirks. And this is seriously what three or four in the last six. Yep. So Kirkatron is sent to the Enterprise so that Corby can get information on some planet, so that he and his race of robots can take it over. Uh, Kirk tries to escape, and while beating up Corby, reveals that he too is a robot, surprising nobody. Turns out that he was injured, so he built himself a robot body. Of course, now he has no humanity, which he explains to uh, Chapel, and they both have a moment. Then Andrea tries to make out with him, and Corby kills them both, making me very sad. And everyone <laughs> leaves, wondering why. Whenever we visit an old loved one, it turns out they've been dead for five years. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, personal tragedy in these last few episodes. 
Yeah, I mean, we got we got Mitchell dying. Mitchell. Uh, we had uh, McCoy's old girlfriend. Turns out she'd been dead for five years and replaced by a ridiculous monster. Yeah. And now we have this. In Nurse Chapel's only starring role. Yeah, that was a particularly good Chapel episode. Like, I had some problems with the episode, but it was nice to see her front and center and sad. Yeah. Like you say, that she's she's never really in a starring role again. Majel Barrett looking particularly nice. Um, mm-hmm. Not even like, you know, creepy 60s ogly nice. Just just looking good. Like, good hair, good makeup, good outfit, great legs. Just, yep. Uh, and, and not only that, but uh, just a good presence. Like, Playing the character as, you know, as effectively as possible, you realize she's nothing like Luxana Troy. Like, she's really, like, seeing the contrast between the characters that we've seen her play and number one. Yeah, and what we saw of number one. Like, these are all separate characters. You can really tell that her sort of, I mean, she is sort of girly and weak and and all that, but it's, it's an acting choice. It's not because she's shallow. It's because we've seen her play strong, powerful women, and she's choosing to play this sort of, uh, you know, love struck girl and that makes me respect it a lot more because it's the writing it's not her fault Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we just we see her mooning after these men all the time i mean usually spock yeah and you know this time it's it's uh, roger corby who they said his name seven thousand times to hammer home famous roger corby Listen, if you play the Roger Corby drinking game at home, you will get plastered in about five minutes. I would much rather drink every time I hear Harcourt Fenton Mud, personally. But uh, <laughs> Harcourt Fenton Mud. <laughs> yeah. It, right in the sky in Gossamer <laughs> the, um, the the opening, uh, what, what do you call it, the, the, the teaser at the beginning, yeah. the first couple of minutes? They really the say his name. Open or something. Yeah. Often. And it's just like, well, obviously he must be famous because we keep saying his name. Uh, there is that great bit where, uh, uh, Uhura is so happy that, uh, they found Chapel's, uh, lost fiance that they kiss. Yep. And Apparently that's, uh, that's okay on the, on the Enterprise. And you know what? I'm okay with that too. It's okay in at least two countries as well, obviously. <laughs> it has the post atomic horror stamp of approval. But again, not exploitive. See, there's the, there's the line we're drawing. That's what's different is the nice little moment between two pretty ladies was, was kind of hot, but, uh, mm-hmm. stripper music and ass shots, little, yeah, a bit of a step up from last episode. Yeah. No, there was, there was some good moments here and, uh, I didn't catch, we, neither of us caught until way late that, uh, there, there was a pun going on with, uh, Andrea the android. Oh, yeah. <laughs> until Shatner basically p- turns to the camera and calls her Andrea, like just says it in such a way as like, oh, we, we meet again, Andreoid. Oh. See what we're doing there? I'm Captain Kirk, and this has been your pun moment of the week. <laughs> Good night, but, folks. But, you know, to their credit, neither Matt nor I caught that. No, that's true. I said, Matt, did you did you just pick up that it's Andrea the Android? He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like dot, dot, dot. Oh. Oh, yeah. And Roger the Robot. Oh, I get jokes. The, but as you pointed out, yet another episode where we get a duplicate Captain Kirk and Shatner playing against himself. Yep. And Shatner gets to be pretty much naked in this episode, too. So I think he might have written it. Double naked. Like <laughs> the, both of, like It's not like they made one half naked to distinguish him from the other one. No, they're both just prancing around with nothing on. Yep. The, the sequence where they're building the second Kirk went. Oh yeah, when they stick ever. when they stick him in the cycle, it, when they stick, stick him in the merry-go-round, <laughs> and it. Okay, so we basically the they take a mold of the uh, of him with like it looks like paper mache play doh, mm. 
slam it in there and then just spin it around for half an hour. And by half an hour, we mean real time, half like an hour. half an we hour of screen time, just, whoa, whoa, spinning. whoa, whoa. Yeah. I will say there were some really nice, and, and I don't see how they could have cleaned this up for the Blu-rays. I'm pretty sure you saw the same shots. Mm. Some really nice shots with the two Shatner characters where there wasn't, like, an obvious vertical line dividing them. Like, yeah. it, they had both characters. There was a point where the thing finally stopped spinning, and you see Shatner's head in sort of the foreground, and then it spins and you see the other Shatner. And I don't know how they did it because they both like it's not obvious one's a body double or something like they both looked like Shatner. And mm-hmm. it was pulled off really well. Well, I mean, when I was watching it, I mean, you know, when they had the far away shots, it was probably a stunt double and a sure. toupee. But uh, no, sure. they they did a really amazing job with that. There were a couple of scenes where they're like sitting at the same table. Yep. And it's like a picnic table. And there's like I say, usually in the old 60s shows, you see a line dividing them. And it's obvious they just sort of line up the shots. But no, there wasn't anything like that. Nope. It was it was pretty impressive. Um, but I actually I, and I really liked the moments between the two Kirks too. Yeah, I mean, you know, with with a better actor, it might have been a little better. But uh, I don't require I as a robot don't require food. Yes, but you also don't require love, happiness, joy. I what are those things? Oh no, no. As will become evident when we get to the movies. <laughs> so yeah, there's um. A lot of stuff going on here. Not not a terrible episode. Um, bit ridiculous in parts. Yep. But uh, but overall, when, when Corby's revealed to be a robot, apparently he loses his ability to act. <laughs> I uh, Matt and I were like five minutes into the episode. Again, we're watching this together, and uh, Matt says, "Did I read? Did I read this somewhere? Or did I have I seen this episode? Is Corby a robot? Like, do do we know that?" And I realized, <laughs> okay, neither of us has seen this episode. I'm sure we've read episode guides or whatever, but we both just caught it immediately. Yes, he's a ro- yes, so, yes, he's a robot. He's a robot. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I am not a robot. Surprising no one. <laughs> but it, was, it was nice to see uh, Nurse Chapel, and it was nice. Yep, uh, Spock was in it for what maybe five minutes total. Yeah, the rest of the <laughs> just enough time for the robot Kirk to insult to hurt his Vulcan feelings. Oh, horrible racism! What, what are you, uh, your your half breed suspicion or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. wow. Was, At the end, he's like, uh, "Captain, I half look. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make a thing about this or anything, but you know, ouch. Yeah, <laughs> I expect this kind of crap from Doctor McCoy, but uh, yeah, that's really unpleasant. Well, I'll well, I'll remember that for our next argument, Spock. <laughs> because like, this is how we apologize on the Enterprise. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll now I know how to hurt your feelings. I'll use that again. <laughs> Great, that's that's fantastic. Mm. No, overall. More enjoyable than Mud's Women. Still a few problems, but overall, at least not horribly misogynistic. Um, yeah. It was nice seeing Lurch. Because, um, I mean, the guy, I mean, obviously, if you've seen The Addams Family, you know, the guy is huge. Yeah. And a little creepy looking anyway. And all they did was sort of enhance him with a little bit of makeup and, and just really nice presence. Um, yeah, the, the makeup on him actually looked pretty good, too. It did, and I don't think they, they used a ton of it. Was no. why because the guy already looked kind of creepy. <laughs> they just accentuated his natural hugeness. Yeah, and like the sort of made his uh, eyes look a little more sunken. And uh, no, he he looked good. And I be- I bought him as as a like Kirk's physical better. I just mm-hmm. there was a bit too much chasing him around back into the same room. Let's go run yep. through some caves and you know that kind <laughs> and of. And appar- apparently, Captain Kirk is like a turtle. If you pick him up, there's nothing he can do. <laughs> 
So yeah, but overall... Except hit you with a giant penis. <laughs> which you will see prominently displayed in our cover art. That is uh, yes. That is not in any way uh, photoshopped. I mean, I've, I combined the two pictures, but mm-hmm. I did not alter in any way Captain Kirk holding what is clearly a, a styrofoam phallus. <laughs> so enjoy that, won't you? Uh, but overall, not bad. Not great, but not no. bad. Again, I, I give it a lot of points for showing us Nurse Chapel because knowing going forward what we're going to get of her. Yeah. It's, it's really too bad that this nothing. is all. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's really probably my favorite supporting character. Mm-hmm. I think I like her better than uh, Sulu, Hora, Chekhov, probably Scotty. Like, yeah, I really enjoy once her. Again, once again, Scotty gets the short end of the stick. <laughs> Not to say I don't like those characters, because apart from Chekhov, I do. But mm. uh, I just, I something about her, and it's probably Major Barrett. It's probably, again, because we've seen her play so many different great characters. It's nice to see her, you know, in the front and center because she's, she's got a great presence. She's easy on the eyes and, uh, you know, she's, she's fun to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just, there's a reason she keeps, there's a reason Major Barrett keeps coming back. Well, that, and she married the boss. Let's, let's be clear. Uh, well, yeah, there, and there's a reason why she, why Roddenberry's dog keeps coming back. <laughs> In this episode, he played that ensign. <laughs> Horrible creature. <laughs> All right. Any, anything else on this one? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. So now it's time for in the future. In the future. Uh, for Mud's women. Uh, in the future, Starfleet will have uh, starships. The the Constellation class. Excuse me. The Constitution class starship. Jesus. <laughs> almost caused a riot there. Uh, will be powered by batteries. Mm-hmm. They talked about this repeatedly when the lithium crystals failed. Uh, they they reserved they, they were reverted to battery power. So uh, apparently Scotty's in the basement uh, changing the double A's, licking the nine volts to see if there's any charge left in them. Ah, I heard if you put these in the oven, they'll they'll work a little longer. <laughs> I just picture uh, the Enterprise hanging out on the on the neutral zone border, waiting for a uh, bird of prey to go by. Hey, can you give us a jump? <laughs> I picture Scotty down in engineering pulling on that black ribbon to get the batteries to pop out. I can never remember if it's positive, positive, or negative, positive. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, how, how about for uh, Walgmo? All right. In the future. In the future. Plato Fun Factories can make clones. <laughs> I loved how uh, round peg in round hole equals uh, duplicating a human brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they I think they uh, simplified it. I mean, the, the big lab looked cool and the big machines and all that, uh, but a little, little simplified, <laughs> I would say. Just take a big block. Just take a big block of green Play-Doh, and you've got your your very own Captain Kirk. At first, I thought it was a um, a pinata, actually, <laughs> because I do like stories about pinatas. I also like stories about pinatas. <laughs> uh, okay, my quote of the episode for Mud's women. Uh, a little bit of context here. They're uh, they're they're sitting uh, in a in a conference uh, talking about the effect, the the measurable scientific effect. Uh, that the women are having on the crew. And what we essentially have here is the Starfleet boner detector. <laughs> but I'll let the quote speak for itself. No decipherable reading on females. However, unusual reading on male board members. Detecting high respiration patterns. Perspiration rates up. Heartbeat rapid. Blood pressure higher than normal. Oh, that's sufficient. 
No, we right. got for the other one. And uh, my quote for Hualgmo was, I am uh, now programmed to please you also. For yeah. obvious reasons. Re- referring to uh, Nurse uh, Nurse Chapel. Yes. Like initially she was programmed to please uh, Roger Corby, Roger Corby, Roger Corby. Mm. Uh, but uh, now she is also programmed to please Nurse Chapel, which uh, bring Uhura back down there and yeah. You've got a stew going. <laughs> Boy, our attitudes toward women are complicated, aren't they, Matt? Yeah. Well, we're complicated people. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so that's pretty much all we have for this week. Uh, one one little quick uh, shout-out, as the children say. Um, I would like to give to the uh, Horrible Logos guy, HorribleLogos.com. Um, it's exactly what you think it is. This guy draws sort of like in the style of uh, band logos on a, on a notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, for five bucks, he'll just sketch you out a little logo. Uh, I sent him five bucks just before we started this, about a month ago. Uh, and he never got back to us and we never got our logo. It turns out there was a mix up. He, he did the wrong thing. Uh, but he was, he was extremely gracious and apologetic and did us a proper logo, which is, uh, now, uh, on, uh, the horrible logos website and will be, uh, also on our postatomichorror.com site. Mm-hmm. Just, just wanted to give that guy credit because it's a, it's a fun little like Starfleet insignia based thing and, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Wouldn't mind throwing that guy an extra, you know, buck or two if uh if possible. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all we got, Matt. Anything else? That's it for, that's it for us, I think. All right. Uh we will talk to you again next week. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is published weekly and is available via iTunes or on the web at postatomichorror.com. This program is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, and all original material contained herein is their intellectual property unless otherwise noted. All clips and references from Star Trek and related media are used without permission from CBS, Viacom, and or Paramount Pictures. Fair use is assumed for the purposes of review and parody, and the aforementioned co-producers do not receive any form of profit for this effort. Listener feedback can be sent to podcast at postatomichorror.com. An on-air response is guaranteed.